All right, Matt, I've got a quick question here about uh, an, an agile situation that I've recently encountered. I want to get your opinion on it. So the other day, my seven-year-old son, one of his chores is to put his clothes away in his closet. So I uh, it was a little late at night, and I said he had been helping around the house. I said, hey, I'll go up. I'll help you do it. That way we get it done fast. So he carries the laundry basket upstairs into his closet, and he says, Dad, if you do the shirts, I'll do everything else. I th- I'm, I'm totally about it. Like divide and conquer. The shirts have to go in hangers. He doesn't really like that. It takes him a while. So I was immediately like, totally makes sense. So I, I go in, I get all the shirts and I'm hanging them up one by one. So, you know, it's here in Texas. It's hot. So he mostly wears shorts. So he t- gets all of his shorts out of his uh, uh, laundry basket. And uh, we have these hanging shelves. He takes them all. He just grabs them all and just jams them in to like uh, one copy, just one. It's just like massive sea of shorts. And so uh, it made me laugh first. It made me laugh. And so I was like, I know the instinctual parent thing is to, is to say, uh, you know, that's wrong. But, you know, pretty much because his wardrobe is not very vast, it's, like, it's really just like almost all blue or black. And, he, and so yeah, I looked at him and I was – Yeah, and I was just like – so I looked at him I'm like, really – and so they looked at me and said, well, listen, he's like, I, I was like, I just grab one in the morning and it doesn't really matter. And I just jam them in there and it's all put away. Look, it's off the floor and your know, mom will be happy and everything like that. And, and so I really came to the conclusion that like, I think this is a reasonable solution. I really have no problem with this. I don't really think the shorts need to be folded and put in there. So, uh, so we finished putting away his laundry and I, but I, I, and I thought to myself, like, like, do I just need to institute order here because I'm the parent and like pretend like it's important <laughs> well, that you're you're closed yeah. there? Like, how how do you approach this? So 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 this this comes back to to something that you know I've actually had conversations with customers. Right, you have to choose the level of complexity that works right for you. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 so his his abstraction that he's chosen is shelf <laughs> and and literally it's like you know you go to shelf there are pants um and uh you know that that's that's good enough um so uh you know he doesn't he doesn't need to be like you know and then when we get to shelf things are ordered he's just like you know there's a heap stack in the shelf and I take the one on top. <laughs> That's exactly right. Because that was kind of his, his, cause he also made some time. I think he articulated a good argument. Like it's all the same. It doesn't matter. I just grab one in the morning. It's off the floor. And then of course, like, you know, the executive sponsor in this case, mom, he, he goes back, he calls back to that and says like, well, mom's going to be happy. And I was like, yeah, I think yeah. she will. I mean, so I would say mom isn't so much. So I, I explained this to my wife later. She's like, okay. So it wasn't so she was, t- she tolerated it. So I think he found that line. Well, like, like if the shorts are not hung up, that's a no-no and if the shorts are all over the closet floor that's a no-no but like the minimal so he has kind of like i guess the minimal acceptable uh uh, laundry put away for him is just everything jammed in one copy and he's not going like you know how the mvp is to start and you're supposed to continue no he's done viable pants or something um yeah you know what she should have been more specific in her requirements. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's what I said. I, I didn't say that, but I kind of thought to myself, like, I think it's fine, man. I, you know, and plus it was kind of late, and and then we were like goofing off afterwards, probably trying to play on uh, the switch. So, uh, so yeah. So there you go, guys. I'm I'm just gonna go on record uh, for uh, young children. I think it's fine. Just get it in the cubby. That's all that really yeah. matters. That's success. 
that that's a win. That's a win. You know, later on you can teach him Six Sigma. Um. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, listen, uh, as as people have detected, uh, our fearless leader Michael Cote is uh, not with us today. He's he's on an airplane. Hopefully, it's a, a British Airways, and hopefully, he's enjoying some first class on his, I assume, his flight home from Spring One from Washington D.C. to I guess the Netherlands. Uh, so I'm sure he's enjoying it. We. Uh, Started to Skype him in uh, over uh, the internet uh, on the airplane, but we we thought you know quality of service issues, right? Probably won't happen, but fear not. He'll be next. He'll be back next week. I'm sure he will grail, regale us with stories of uh, federal spring one usage and all kinds of exciting things that are happening on pivotal, pivotal, pivotal. I can't say it, but you know what I mean. So, but fear not, Matt. We had a lot of news this week, so a couple things. There was. I think we should start talking about, and you actually posted a couple things in here about uh, our uh, little Linux controversy. Uh, what Linus? How do you say Linus's last name? Torvald. Yeah, Linus Torvalds. Um, uh, he's, yeah, yeah. So, give us a summary. What 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 happened here? Well, there, there's a lot of a lot of ways to kind of pick <laughs> at it if, if you want. Um, but anytime it kind of crosses into mainstream media, that's when you know it's like well. It's probably a bigger deal. Uh, so, so we we linked to an article in uh, the New Yorker of all places, um, and you know even the headline's probably off. It said after years of abusive emails, the creator of Linux steps aside. He said he's taking a break. Um, I, I I expect he'll probably come back. Um, you know he's he's taken breaks before, but this time. Uh, what, what, what's happened is, uh, he took a break. He said, you know, Hey, here's the new, uh, 419 kernel and, uh, I'm going to take a break. It's been pointed out that, uh, my communication style is, uh, uh, un- unnecessarily aggressive and, and, you know, he's been called, uh, you know, crude and rude and, um, you know, and then there have been some some pretty high profile folks have quit the Linux kernel uh, development. You know, over the years, especially uh, women, um, and you know, there have been a raft of articles going into this. And to Linus's defense, uh, they've you know, someone broke down the statistics on his messaging. Um, he's a equal opportunity asshole. Um, he's mean to everybody. <laughs> right. And you're referring <laughs> to uh, someone like did some, uh, I guess, text analysis of like yeah, how, yeah, how text many analysis. times. He used like obscenities, I think, in his emails or something yes. like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he he's, uh, um, I mean, he you know he he gets kind of uh, rude in, in some of his messages, you know, telling people they're you know full of shit or you know pull their their heads out of their asses and you know. Uh, so he's always been pretty liberal with that, and they tried to institute a a code of conduct a few years ago. And they they gave like some half measure. It was uh, they like, hey, we're going to have a code of conduct. And then it turned into like the code of contribution. And it was pretty didn't really change much. Um, and so now they're, they're they've actually come back with, you know, a code of conduct. Um, Linus has taken a break. Um, there's some there's some. Uh, you know, talk that maybe the reason that kicked this all off was, you know, well, either either he's had, you know, a true change of heart and wants to make things better or uh, this New Yorker thing might have scared him into it. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, he's like, you know, I can be I can be a jerk to, you know, Linux kernel nerds uh, and nobody will care too much. Uh, but when it starts to cross over into more mainstream stuff, 
you know, it, uh, you know, people, he was, you know, hopefully, hopefully he's feeling repentant and going to learn and come back. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, one of the things he suggested was, you know, automating a filter to watch his emails. And that doesn't, that even that feels like a half measure. It's like, well, you can't automate your way out of everything. <laughs> <laughs> it is the most uh, software uh, engineer way yeah. to solve something. It's like, well, I'll just write a program so, to yeah. uh, to work with people. Is basically what he like, said. Yeah, there. yeah. It's like if we could just you know get this AI to work on how to be uh, socially acceptable in all conduct, you know, conduct. I could just do whatever I want, and the AI will fix things. Um, hopefully, it's not that mm -hmm. right. Uh, well, I had yeah. not been aware. Had you, I, you know, it's, I can't say. You know, it's funny. This week we've had all these departures of kind of like the more the mainstream tech. We'll call it like obviously Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp. They're all fighting. Um, and you know, yeah. certainly those are easy things to like stay abreast of. But um, I don't know. I'm not on like the Linux kernel distribution update list, so I don't. I can't say I followed it. I I was not really aware that he had such a reputation of being uh, potentially so belligerent. Like, is this something that you know that you? that you've been following for a while? I mean, obviously it's, it sounds like it's been I mean, discussed. It, yeah, it, it's definitely been discussed. Um, you know, there, there have been, he's been called out a bunch of times over it. Uh, other, you know, heads of other open source projects have said like, you know, Linus is kind of a jerk. Um, you know, I guess in his defense, you know, at least, like I said, he was just kind of consistently jerky and it wasn't, personal you know he it was never like personal where he went after you know the same people again and again but it it just created a culture where people felt entitled to behave that way and you know some of them pro uh, undoubtedly do cross that line right where they're like you know i'm gonna badger this person or harass you know this this person and next patch you know the, the board doesn't get reset i continue to go after them and it just you know it's created a bad culture but you know, uh, the the apologist would say like, oh well, you know, got results, but there there are good communities, uh, you know, like the, like the Python community or the you know the Ruby community that um, they don't have those problems. Yeah. Right. And, and they they continue to put out you know high quality code. I, I think the the Go community is is probably like that too. Um, yeah. You know, there there are when you have the the benevolent dictator for life model um and you know that's undoubtedly what what linux is uh the community looks like the leader right yeah and i think that's the biggest thing is we see this play out so many times in in technology but also i mean i guess it's just a leadership thing it's like as a leader grows in power and authority right that their um impact on the culture is disproportionate to what they say. So I think, you know, many times, you know, people, even in much smaller circumstances, when like, you know, just become a manager for the first time, like a much smaller team, it's like, your words carry much more weight. So, you know, the fact that like, I don't know, I think he said it was like 25 years ago, it was like, it was kind of interesting to like, how long Linux been around, but like, when he started this, and it was just uh, him and a few people, you know, like, the behavior and the culture is so much different than now, it's like, you know, pretty much Linux is the operating system that runs the whole internet, right? So it's like, yeah. you know, it's, and you know, I don't know how many thousands of people are, are part of it. So, you know, I think that's, that's one of the things I, I don't know, I think sometimes in, we're afraid to kind of like judge the whole person, like we always like, you always hear this, like, you know, all the Steve Jobs talk about like, you know how great he is and he's a product guy and you know everyone knows that but then of course you know he wasn't like necessarily a good father he wasn't necessarily a 
good person to work with, right? And it's like, no. and I think there's just always this hesitancy to to like judge the whole person and just say, um, and I think you know, sports, politics, whatever. You pick your whole thing. It's like you know, you can't really divorce a lot of this. Like, so sometimes I think we get too caught up in the achievements and not more like, you know, it doesn't have to be like that. And you cited some good communities, right? Like Linux could be very successful and not doesn't have to be managed this way, right? There's nothing that right. it's not you know, it's causation versus correlation, right? It's like you could still have Linux be successful and just you know, not uh, yell at everyone in email, right? I mean, it's gonna mm -hmm. it's gonna work out. So. Uh, yeah. But I think your point, though, it's like, you know, when the New Yorker, you know, when the New Yorker profile comes <laughs> out uh, and this is like, I think, uh, Mark Andreessen, A16Z, it's like, you know, technology eating the world. It's like, yeah, it's not just Linux in this uh, technology sector anymore. It's like everybody is is somehow involved in technology. So, yeah. so important to know about that. Um, so, well, all right. So that's a little, like, you know, a little personal, uh, you know, development, I guess, for for. It's, it, how do you say it's not Linus? I've been saying it wrong. It's Linus. Yeah, yeah it, it's Linus. Right. You know, Thank he's, you. He's Finnish, and somewhere you know he's you know obviously you can find audio of him introducing himself and that right. kind of stuff. So, all right, we'll add this to the. Um, you could say Linus. You know, yeah. we know he needs a super. He's not going to correct you, and if he does, he'll probably drop some f bombs on you. Yeah, right? that's fine. I'll be all right with it, though. I, I actually deserve it. Like at one point, someday we're going to make a supercut of all the mispronunciations uh, on software uh, defined yeah. talk. It'll be like a thousand. <laughs> it'll be like two yeah. hours long. So, uh, and all the people who like should be mad at us who probably don't care. <laughs> who probably don't care. That's right. Uh, well, figure out. But well, you had some news over in Chef World this uh, this week. Yeah. What what happened? Tell us about what's happening there. Uh, well, so so this this last week, uh, Microsoft had their their big Ignite conference. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of big announcements, and so you know we we showed up and and threw a couple of uh, Azure announcements in the the mix. Um, one of them uh, was the fact that we've launched a new uh, managed service with uh, Microsoft. So similar to, to what we have going with Amazon, uh, with OpsWorks, uh, you can now get a fully managed uh, Chef Automate infrastructure from Azure. Um, it's, you know, slight, uh, you know, slight difference between the, the AWS one is managed by AWS. Uh, the Azure one is actually managed by Chef, um, but it's the same kind of, you know, uh, all hosted, upgraded, you know, managed, and uh, no additional cost. So, you know, that was kind of a, a bigger thing for for Chef. And then uh, we got Inspec uh, built into the uh, uh, the Azure console, so that's that's pretty awesome. And and released a whole bunch of new uh, Azure integrations. So, yeah, good good stuff on the the Chef side of things. Nice. So is now is Inspect available in the AWS world, or is it just on Azure? Well, I'm not aware of a so so Azure has this built-in like terminal with uh, the Azure portal where you can just like drop down a shell and you can start typing things and running commands against your infrastructure. And I, I I'm you know if if something like that exists for AWS, I'm not aware of it where it's just mm. built in. And okay. so they actually have like an Azure shell, and you know it, it's it's a a Linux terminal. You know that has a bunch of commands, and you know, Inspect is now built in. Oh, okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, because I know Google. Google has that drop down. Yeah, Google uh, has for that. sure. Yeah. I know I've seen that. I don't know. Yeah. I have to get in my AWS console here, and uh, I don't know. Every time I go into the AWS, whew, that catalog, baby, that catalog <laughs> is intimidating. It's like there's a yeah. lot to know. Uh, all well, right. Yeah, yeah, and then, you know, and they just had uh, Amazon just had a big show where they they launched a whole bunch of new products of. Uh, 
I figured you'd be all excited about that. Be <laughs> yeah, it was the 11 new. Uh, it does, you know, one, there's one cultural thing uh, that is so different, you know, from a lot of companies is Amazon. I mean, they're just not afraid to come out and be like, we did a lot. And you, because a lot of times in these keynotes, right, there's always supposed to be like some narrative and like, you know, <laughs> customer <laughs> testimonials and, you know, like music playing. And in this instance, I feel like Amazon. I mean, it's own style. I, I don't know if it's good, bad or good because in some ways I like it. Like when you watch like uh, the AWS, like uh, what Jassy's keynote, right? Like he's up there and it's like a machine gun of stuff. Oh, it's yeah. just like in the storage thing and then the networking thing. And you're just like, it's hard to even like keep up with what he's talking about. You're like, didn't they? Have, and then like you always have like, I thought he had that. Oh, they did not have that. Or is that a new version of it? So, but they just kind of come out and they just give it to you in a long list and like here it all is. And I think that's uh, clearly the Alexa team works under because it was a, a total <laughs> of eleven new products. I don't know. I can't name them all. The one that I think everyone thought was funny, I thought it was funny, was the microwave, which is technically yeah. I know it's not a microwave. I guess it's just the ability to put like an Alexa, um, I guess, no, sorry, uh, like an echo dot. You like kind of put an echo dot close to the microwave and then you can tell the microwave to turn on and off, which makes total sense. That's cool. I mean, that's a good idea, but, uh, I just imagine in the meeting, right? It's like, okay, guys, like what else? Any other ideas? Microwave. They're like, okay, let's do it. Anything else? I mean, it's yeah, just, yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. I, mean, I, I just figured it was like somebody walking down, you know, that, that, that orphan line at, uh, at Fry's of all the random electronics. And they're like, you know, they just, somebody's got a, a handful of, of green stickers and like, we're gonna put one on that and that. And that, and and then somebody's like, "What the hell are we gonna do with the blender?" And they're like, "It's got a sticker, man. Make it work." That's right. Make it Bluetooth enabled. Get it on there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. You so know I guess it's yeah. part of their, uh, you know, and it is interesting because I get I think of this as a, a reaction to the the failure of the Fire Phone, right? The Amazon Phone is like they know, like you know, basically Google and Apple, right? They they've one you've got one of those devices right so that's on you pretty much all the time and so i think amazon's like well we we can't get the phone so we got to be everywhere else we got to be in the automobiles the microwaves the speakers the house so so it's, it'll be it's an interesting question going forward it's like is that like if i always have a device on me uh am i more inclined to like develop an affinity for that or like when I'm in a certain space, right? Like I, I naturally flip over, right? Where I'm like, yeah, because the home is the place you often put your phone down to like do other stuff. So I think that's right. kind of their strategy going forward. And uh, I don't know, though, no. 11 new devices. It's a lot. But, we, you know, I say that like we've got a couple uh, echoes in our house. So it's like, I don't know. You know, we, we play around with them. Um, I still say, you know, as I've told other people, it's like, really, we just play music on them. That's like 99% of the time. And my son just asking like weird trivia questions. So that's it. That's what we do 99% of the time with Alexa. So hopefully, uh, I don't know. Maybe that's just my fault, though. I got to find some better skills. I got to get on my Alexa discovery. Alexa, char popcorn. <laughs> and I apologize yeah. now that we've said that name like 10 times in a row. I apologize to anyone that was listening to this on speakers. And, uh, and we won't. <laughs> Alexa, turn off podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, it's our fault. We got going there. Uh, yeah. So, well, the other thing I want to talk about with you, Matt, right? Because there's you know, some other news bits we'll get to in a second. But like one of the things I think we both encounter a lot is somebody, some company, is going to start some type of project, some type of quote 
unquote digital transformation project, right? They're getting going. They've read the books. They probably saw you or Cote at one of the DevOps days and they're like, okay, we're ready. We're going to do it. And their initial thought is to hire some consultants to come in mm. and get them going. Um, and that can help jumpstart their project. And then sometimes it can be uh, an inhibitor. So I thought maybe, you know, you do the, a lot of this. Like, what are you seeing way down there in, in Asia Pac as far as consultants being brought in to kind of start these digital transformation projects? Yeah. Uh, I mean, one of the, so, so we, we linked to a couple articles in the show notes about uh, uh, some agile at large scale kind of conversations that have been going on that, uh, you know, kind of, kind of popped up and I read through it and I was like, Oh yeah, you know, I've, I've seen that in action and um, where you know, a lot of these traditional enterprises had a very uh, command and control kind of system where they had uh, uh, you know, the, the, the product management organization who, you know, they, they put together big plans and, and then, you know, would say like, okay, at the end of the year, you know, make this so, and then, you know, it would kind of waterfall down and, and that kind of stuff. And then when agile kind of came in, that, that was supposedly overturned where, you know, the, the teams were enabled, um, you'd have these fast feedback loops. And instead of having, you know, big bang out waterfall releases, you'd have, you know, agile themes about, Hey, you know, in Q1, we're going to work on, you know, enterprise readiness. And you'd be like, well, what does that mean? It's like, whatever we can get done in Q1. <laughs> <laughs> Right. But 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 the teams would you know the the teams and the people you know the the closer to the action would have a lot more input right where mm-hmm. um, you know it was supposed to be pushing you know intelligence to the edges and uh, you know the article we linked to uh, Revenge of the PMO kind of pointed out that you know some of these uh, I mean the, the the author really doesn't like safe uh, the the you know the large scale agile framework called safe. Uh, scaled agile framework and uh, you know it just kind of points out that um, it's re-centralizes a lot of the control and um, and and the the edges just become the implementers again and so the engineers really don't have much feedback right Um, and so the you know the question you asked is like well shit how do you get started and what do you know what to do and it's hard (laughs) <laughs> I wish I had a good answer, right? But I mean, there's kind of a reason there's a whole industry around agile is it's like, you know, there's, there's a lot of money floating around in it. Um, and, and helping companies know what to do. Uh, I can tell you what doesn't work is don't let somebody else do it for you. You know, you can't outsource your way to success. Um, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, uh, the, I, you know, we, we talked about the, the Dora DevOps, uh, you know, uh, state of DevOps report. Like they took a really hard line on, on against outsourcing and, uh, you know, you, you can't say like, well, we give up. Um, it's, and you know, what it is, is it's a multi-year process. Um, you have to build up a culture of, you know, feedback and, you know, uh, allowing people to, uh, honestly, you know, respond to or, uh, requests and, and you know, requirements and, you know, have that, 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 that communication going back and forth. And that's a lot of enterprises don't want that, you know, they're not built for, to move fast, but then, you know, they'll say, well, you know, we're an enterprise, we can't do that. But, uh, you know, Netflix and Google and, 
you know, and others, they're bigger than a lot of these companies. So yeah. they, they can make it work. Well, I think, you know, it is interesting. And I think, you know, maybe the, the number one thing to take away from all these like transformation talks is, you know, really two things, I guess would be like one, like after you've initially gone to one, you think like, we want to do this. It's like, do you really want to do it? Like, that's the first question, right? It's like, <laughs> is this level of change ultimately worth it? Right. And I think, you know, you can watch like a bunch of Kote talks. I'm sure you do too, about like why digital transformation, why it's so, so important. And then if the answer to that is yes, then I, and I think maybe like a dieting metaphor or something like that is fine. It's like, it's fine to like, you know, go out and hire like a trainer. Right. But like that, that idea of like, a trainer is someone that's going to like teach you how to work out right. and maybe how to eat better. But you know, most all trainers will say, you know, these are just tools, right? These are just tools that ultimately you're going to have to embrace yourself. Uh, and then obviously when you're working out, right? Like only you can like, you know, ride the bike or, you know, do the burpees or run the mile. Right. Like, I mean, that's not something. So but it, they can just help you like, Hey, here's a way to make the process a little less painful and to kind of get you to the point that you can work out consistently on your own. But yeah, you, you yeah. have to go into that with a mindset of like, the goal is for me to be self-sufficient. Right. And I think, right, right. um, that's kind of, and, and so that kind of goes back to like, you know, I think a lot of, so there's lots of different outsourcing that I think people use. And I, I think one, uh, type of consulting that's popular is like, I'm gonna call it like the labs consulting, right? It's uh, like, I think Pivotal Labs, right? I think uh, Red Hat has an offering. Uh, I know IBM has like IBM uh, Blue Garage, right? And, and I think all of those are, they usually say something like, they want, they often want the company, the other, like the client to like come to their office, right? Like they're mm -hmm. like labs, sometimes it's like a, a WeWork, whatever, right? They wanna like take them out of like their traditional workspace and then they, they, and the idea is to like jumpstart. It's almost like a boot camp, right? You're going to jumpstart and you're going to follow some of the agile practices and start to build, you know, your DevOps tools and pipeline and institute that culture. And the whole idea, right, behind that, that form of consulting is that like it, it there's an end to it, right? It doesn't go on um, like, a, like a traditional outsourcing relationship that maybe goes on for four or five years, right? It's like, no, yeah, no, yeah. like, like we've got you jumpstarted. And then you go back to your, and then you quote, take those practices from the lab back to the environment. And then, you know, you try to maintain them. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I'd be interested in your experience. Like, have you, have you seen that work? Is that like a good way um, to well, do it? I, yeah. And, and that's where the, the diet metaphor works really well, because, you know, the, the thing about diets is they don't work. <laughs> um, yes. Yes, you know, that's what they call it you know yo-yo dieting and fad diets and and so you know a lot of these agile things some of them are, are kind of you know the latest fads and you know what 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 it actually is is you can't say like well i'm gonna i'm gonna go on this diet for three months and then go back to what i was doing because you know then you're gonna come back and you know you're gonna do your 30-day cleanse and then you're gonna go back to you know eating trash and, and, you know, sitting on your couch and then you're like, Oh, well actually, you know, the sad thing is you actually have to kind of change your lifestyle <laughs> yeah. and, 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 you know, your lifestyle means like maybe you just tell yourself, well, I don't eat that anymore. Um, you know, because I'm a vegetarian, you know, and you're like, maybe you weren't a vegetarian or, you know, you're like, I don't, I don't eat that anymore because I do keto, uh, or, you know, and it's like, it's not that great a diet, but what it does is it just cuts out whole classes of, you know, crappy foods and you're going to lose weight because, you know, you're not eating that anymore. Um, and, and so, you know, it, it's, it's, you need to have 
kind of a lifestyle change and be in for it. And the thing about a lot of enterprises is I, I was talking to a gentleman who worked at a large three-letter company, and he said he, he, he was managing a team where everyone had been – the, the, the person with the most – the most junior person on the team had been at that three-letter acronym for three uh, for 22 years. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, you know, he shows up and he's like, we're going to do this, this, and this. And they're like, uh, yeah, I'm on coffee break. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. and then you're like, well, when you get back, we're going to do this, this, and like, no, you know, long lunch schedules. Right. And they're like, well, what the hell, you know, you guys have to move. And they're like, you know, you will be gone and we will still be here. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they're, they're, you have to get people and, – and this is where the, 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 the lab model does work, right? The people you want at the lab are the ones who want to change. And, and one of the things that, that you know, we tell people when you know, they're, they're kickstarting this is like you know, we want to have that, that initial uh, startup project. And you know, the people we want to come are the people who want to come. We don't want the guy who's like, you know what? I went, I got Scrum certified, I sat that out, and I'm still here. <laughs> and, you know, Scrum, that was fun, but, you know, we went back to what we were doing, and, you know, I'm still collecting my paycheck. You want the people who are like, you know, this is messed up, and, you know, they're thinking either they're going to leave, because, uh, you know, the grass is actually greener, and or they're like, I want to make this better. And and so those those are the people that you want, because they're, you know, when they have some success, they go back into the organization. They become evangelical, and you have to stay at it, right? You 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 have to stay at it because if if you kind of slack off, you know, you'll you'll come back in, in two years and you'll be like, well, you know, you can see the the fan out of of influence, you know, the people who took the lessons and ran with them, and then you can also see how they they peter out as they get farther from the epicenter. Yeah, and, well, you know, so so you have to keep refreshing it. No, I think you're exactly right. And I think, you know, if we think about how other times, other uh, projects often go, like sometimes there'll be a company that's like, yep, we're on board. We're going to do this digital transformation. We're going to implement Agile and embrace DevOps and everything. And what they'll do is they'll <clears throat> go out and they'll hire somebody that sort of has the mindset of like, yep, this is what I want to do. I want to change it. And that person's usually sold on like, it's an internal startup and we're going to, you know, and we're restarting something and it's going to be great. And, uh, but they're usually just like a, like one person, right? It's like one or one person in this group to your point about that's been established for a long period of time. And like what you usually find is that that does not go well. Like this one person sort of just bangs <laughs> their head against the wall for some period of time. And then well, the, um, they the, become that, that one yeah, Go that ahead. one person is, is usually like a CIO, you know, or the CTO, and that's why they have the, kind of that mercenary model where, you know, they last for you know two two to four years, or you know, the average C, CIO is, is I, I think I read is like their their term is about four years, and and that's that's average because some of them are like you know uh, this place is a tire fire, I'm out, um, or you know my work is done, four years I've hit the clock, or you know. I'm going to just stay here because it's safe. Right. Or um, it just doesn't, the other reason I think we believe it, it just doesn't take, right? It's like they've kind of done all the, you know, they've done like the listening tour. They hired um, a bunch of people to do agile. These people kind of came in, broke a lot of glass. Um, and then there's sort of like oftentimes like this reassertment of power. Some other group is like, no, we're not doing yeah. this. And then that person is either leaves on their own or maybe they're kind of like, you know, asked to leave. And, and so I think this is something kind of a lesson for like, 
you know, and, and also too, there are successes, right? Sometimes I'm sure like those people go in and, and it works out, but I do think yeah. if, if you're trying to like minimize it, like one of the ways to your point is to like continue your thought there was, you know, not only do you like, you do this lab kind of thing, right? Because in this case, like you're not parachuting in like one person to fix it all. You're actually pulling out people to your point if they've done it right, that want to try to do it differently. And then, right. you know, it's like, it's just like anything else, like nurturing it. If when that team returns, it's like if a year goes by, and that team is sort of like continuously doing something very similar to what they learned, then maybe they grow that team a little bit more. Another group takes it on. And then that's where you see the transformation actually start to happen. It's like, yeah, it's slowly. Yeah. And then maybe, you know, to your point about people that have been there a long time, like there's some self-selection that starts to go on. Like some people like that didn't want to do that, find other places in the company, or maybe they move on for their own reasons. And I think that's like a real measurement of, of real change. It's like, is it taking hold? And this would be to our dieting or workout metaphor would be like, you know, you worked out, you did the 90 day boot camp with the trainer uh, and a year goes by and like, you're probably not working out exactly the same way, but like, are you right. working out every week? Are you, are you like, not eating all trash all the time? Maybe you just have, you know, <laughs> the cheat day, right? And it's like, because I think this is where, People sometimes, you know, as they benchmark themselves, it's like you don't really like a trainer is a good example. Like, you know, you don't have to work out exactly like the trainer told you to work out all the time. The important thing is like you kind of internalize some of the concepts of like, oh, I need to get my heart rate up over this period of time. And I should do like, I should do some upper body work exercise. I should do some leg, but you know, if you, if you don't want to do squats or you want to deadlift, you know, it kind of doesn't matter just as long as you're doing something, right? If you find stuff <laughs> yeah. that you like, and I know like you can always hire the trainer to come in and be like, he's, he's going to tell you like straighten your back. Posture's bad, right? I could, you know, everybody like, I mean, you know, it's like, yeah, that's always the case, but, but you know, you slowly get better and then you find something that works for you. In this case, back to our analogy, like it works for the company and that's where, where change happens. Like you've internalized, you know what works for you, you've got the culture, and then you're really, you quote, have quote unquote transformed into like, you know, uh, the new way of doing things. Yeah. Well, and, and it never, it never ends. And you know, it was just kind of the point. And, and, and with that, that boot camp, the, the key there is we want to form a community, right? You, you want to have those people go out and, you know, return to other parts of the organization to become evangelical and take, you know, t take the, the new style with them. Because if, if you're just forming, you know, a tiger team or, you know, the, the digital team or, you know, those lucky center of excellence people, it, it just means that everyone else is in the, you know, the, the swamp of suck, you know, it's like, <laughs> um, and, and so, you know, that, that swamp will swallow up your center. Absolutely, so you, you yes. have to you have to push them back out. You know, yeah. you have to build that community. And I think your point there about like it, you know it's never going to stop changing because I was the other day I went over here uh, to like one of the product management meetups and there was a guy who was like uh, you know he's kind of like had a different version of like lean startup it was like uh, lean canvas or something and he was kind of going through and you know and, and I was kind of sitting there and I was like you know I've been to like a lot of these kind of meetups and like a lot of like what I call like product management theory there's like so many frameworks like you know like four stages to the epiphany and pragmatic marketing and it just goes on and on right and and at first, you know, in some ways you kind of get cynical. You're like, oh, this is all the same. But, you know, kind of to your point, it's like it, all it really, all I think it really means is like software development. And I think this applies to agile stuff is, is equally. It's like it's really hard. People are constantly trying to tweak ways to find ways to do it better. Just like working out and losing weight is hard. People are constantly tweaking things. And so there's this point where like you, you go to these meetups 
not so much to be like, oh, wow, this is the framework that solves all the problems. It's more just to like keep your muscles, you know, uh, if you will, uh, flexed, right? It's just like, okay, what's the latest thinking? Okay, well, maybe that improves it at all. But like, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, none of these places, quote, have all the answers. It's just like another thing to like put in the toolbox. That's kind of how like, I think of like when you see all these different talks at these different places, it's not like, I, I rarely is it like somebody discovered it. It's more like, hey, this is working for us and we think it's interesting to talk about and we think you should put this in your toolbox. So like in product management, it's like, okay, instead of writing like uh, user stories, like use this lean canvas approach. And it's like, okay, yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's another tool. We can use it. Just like in the Slack, we've had uh, an ongoing discussion here of uh, what are they, Wardly maps, Wardly maps? And yeah, it's yeah. just like, you know, it's like, you know, are they valuable? And it's like, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of interesting watching it. It's just like, it's just another tool, right? It's like, it could be useful. It could be something that's helpful to you, but like, it doesn't mean it's the end all be all. If you're not doing them, you're not doing anything wrong. You could just write user stories or user journeys or whatever else works for you. Right. So. Well, well said. Well said. <laughs> all right. So that's what we're going to leave it. You know, software development, it's hard. It's hard, Matt Ray. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, so more importantly, Matt, uh, what conferences are you going to that you want to tell uh, the world about? Uh, well, uh, I'm headed to Singapore in, uh, in two weeks. Um, our, our good friends at DevOps Day Singapore uh, have given us a, a uh, discount code. Uh, so uh, I, think, I think it's is it built into the URL in the show notes. Uh, we'll, we'll make we'll sure, make we sure it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so if you haven't signed up yet, uh, I am. Uh, I'm the day two keynote, so that'll be fun. Um, I'm also going to Cloud Expo Asia uh, in Singapore. Um, if you know, hey, if you're in Singapore, well, we should catch up uh, <laughs> at the uh, the at the expo. Um, you can get a an expo pass for free, so you can just come hang around the booths and swing by the chef booth and get a T-shirt and some stickers. Uh, if you find me, I got software to find talk stickers. Um, yeah, so I got to talk there, talk at uh, Cloud Expo Asia. Uh, I got a few other things on the back burner for for the the end of the year. So hopefully, hopefully I'll I'll, I'll get around uh, to some some more places. Uh, but that's 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 what's next up for me. Cote's right. got a bunch. Yeah, Cote's got a bunch. <laughs> We're not going to read them all. We'll just pick one that I think is looks fun. Looks like October sixteenth, DevOps Days Paris. Uh, Cote will be working hey. the table and you know, Cote loves to work the table. So like you should go yes. talk to him and he says there's some kind of, uh, raffle for pivotal. So I have no idea what they're giving away, but I'm sure it's good. And, uh, I bet you he'll like give some kind of talk there about digital transformation. Um, well, that's good. Well, listen, we got a little feedback this week. I want to thank Michael from Fredericksburg, Virginia. Uh, he got a sticker and he tells us that he loves the podcast and he just bought one of the soon to be worth millions t-shirts as he wrote us so that is great news and the t-shirts are on sale they're going fast they are uh cost uh five dollars and fifty cents plus tax and shipping so uh you know what i've learned uh in my uh, retail experience price matters it seems like uh mm. 550 uh, now that we're selling them at basically zero profit <laughs> margin uh that's it's going pretty well you guys are buying them well, so yeah <laughs> as of this writing i believe all colors and sizes are still available, but I will say the uh, the heather blue seems to be the uh, the the one that's going the fastest. So if you like that wow. color and you want to get it, that's my color. Yeah, yeah, the blue heather blue, which is like a light blue, uh, is there. So yeah, so the t-shirts are going to be gone here pretty soon in September. So if you want one, uh, get one. And of course, 
if you want to join, we've had a lot of great Slack conversation this week on all kinds of topics. Uh, so you can uh, go to softwaredefinedtalk.com. You can join our Slack. Uh, <clears throat> if you've not subscribed to this podcast, you can go there and, of course, subscribe. And uh, more importantly, you know, if, if you really like this podcast, we would appreciate you going over to iTunes, uh, clicking there, uh, and giving us a quick review. Just like one sentence. It doesn't have to be very long. Just like, the show's great. Five stars. You know, anything you want to put in there, we would appreciate because that helps us find people uh, or helps people find us so that we can do more fun stuff with you guys. All right. Yeah. With that, Matt, looks like <laughs> you have a recommendation that I'm recognizing here, but tell us about it. Uh, so, so, uh, I, I finally got around to watching, uh, the, I guess it's a Netflix movie, but it's not really a Netflix movie. The, uh, the movie Annihilation, um, which, uh, it's science fiction, uh, based off the, uh, Southern Reach trilogy, uh, which I haven't read. Um, I, I, I was like, that sounds familiar. I didn't realize that until after I'd seen the movie that it was based off of, uh, those books. Um, and I hadn't read the books, but, uh, Cote recommended it back in his newsletter, way back when um and it apparently and and then i went and listened to a podcast uh yeah the geeks guide the galaxy podcast where they talked about it and um it diverges quite a bit so i'll probably end up reading the book at some point but i actually liked it uh i liked it quite a lot um at first when i was watching i was like uh uh you know there were things that i, I didn't really care for but now that i've had some time to digest and think it over and you know the listening to the podcast where they you know talked about uh, all the things I missed. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And so now I like it. Um, so uh, it's it's uh, Alex Gardner, I think is the director's name, the guy who did uh, uh, Ex Machina. So um, it, it's good. And then uh, yeah, I woke up, uh, caught a little bit of the, the current uh, C-SPAN news uh, about what's going on. And then I, I pretty much had Sonic Youth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Youth against fascism uh, stuck and repeat in my head, and so uh, some things never change. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. Well, those are both good recommendations. I have, uh, not, I've read the trilogy, the Southern Reach trilogy. It's great. Oh, yeah? I, and by uh, by that, I mean I've listened to it on Audible. I thought it was really good. I liked I liked them all. Um, all three books were really good. And yeah, the movie is significantly different. But uh, I like you know I think the book I like them both though. I mean the books are kind of one take. I don't know how they would have, if you read the books, I don't know how you, like, it's one of those things, like, I'm not sure you could, like, make this a movie, you know, like, to kind of, like, yeah. be hard, so I understand why they diverged it, so, so watch both, right, I mean, or read, read the books, and uh, watch the movie, I, I thought they were both really good, and so I got a couple recommendations here, um, the first, I mean, Kote's not on, so we're going to talk about him. So, I, you know, I like a good uh, branded podcast, and I like to listen to, like, what other people are doing, so Pivotal has a podcast called uh, That Moment. and uh, But it's not really technical. It's sort of like, just sort of like, I think it's like a brand thing. We'll have to have Kote explain to like what they're trying to do. But it's it's good. So they had one on sports. And of course, I like sports. And so I was listening to it. And it was like a little bit about football and how athletes perform. And so, you know, if you're into that, it's it's cool. So on episode nine, but as I was listening to it, at uh, and I've, I've bookmarked the exact... Uh, audio link here at uh, 1311 the ad read starts and who is doing the ad read none other than our own michael cote and um so i i want to give credit somebody else in the slack said this because i posted it uh 
it is like, it is as if Cote is reading a ransom note. Like he is like being held at gunpoint. It is because um, they clearly, and he has confirmed this in Slack, he's clearly reading off a script. And it is very, I just thought it was very humorous because if you listen to this podcast, uh, it's, it's not exactly the Cote style. But he does a great job reading it and he has a good voice. So as I said in the Slack, uh, should this uh, thought lording that he's doing not work out, I think he has a, a great career as a, as a voiceover. So anybody, uh, I, I enjoyed the moment, so or that moment, so listen to it, that episode, and then if you're listening to it, maybe you'll get a kick out of listening to Cote's ad read. And the other one is a, uh, a friend of mine is working at this company called Lifter News. It's L-I-F-T-R-N-E-W-S.com, so no E in Lifter. And they have are producing uh, what they call like the Cloud Index so it's kind of interesting. So it's kind of like they've taken features and functions of all the major clouds. So like AWS, Azure, Google, Alibaba, and they kind of do like some, um, you know, like kind of like Dow Jones stock price analogy. So they kind of like tell you like, is it trending up or down based on like the features and functions, their availability, how many people are using it. So it's kind of this a stock market approach. And then they also have these like, uh, weekly roundups or like short roundups, um, kind of like done in like a, a newscaster style of like what happened uh, in the in the cloud world of of that week. So like you know one one last one was like AWS buys dot AWS and Microsoft buys uh, Lobe and I don't know a bunch of stuff. So it's just interesting. It's interesting that uh, they they don't describe it this way, but I almost think of it as like it's a comparison tool, kind of like a living magic quadrant, right? Like they're kind of doing some real time analysis of like which cloud is performing the best. So so I don't know. I thought you know the audience may be interested. You check it out, see if it's good, see if your your cloud stock is going up or down, and then who knows? Maybe someone will throw some blockchain Bitcoin on it and it'll be some crazy thing <laughs> in the future. And then uh, I'm done. And, and then <laughs> then we're all out. So, uh, but with that, uh, fear not, Cote will be back next week. And until then, take care. Thanks.